Well, hello, friends. Grace and peace of our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus, be with you. Welcome to Sermons from the Mount podcast. My name is Pastor Mark O'Neill. I currently serve as the pastor of Mount Olivet United Methodist Church in Manio, North Carolina. Each week, we will post here audio recordings of the sermons that I preach from that church. Hope this one is a blessing to you. God bless. Take care. text for this morning and what I'll be preaching on comes from the gospel of Matthew. We're in the 25th chapter. We'll take a look at verses 1 through 13. So again, this is Matthew chapter 25 verses 1 through 13. Here now the words of our Lord and Savior Christ Jesus. He says, then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a shout, Look, here is the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, No. Then there will be not enough for you and for us. You'd better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet. And the door was shut. Later, the other bridesmaids came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. My friends, this is the word of God for you and I, the children of God. Thanks be to God. My friends, any time that I am asked to preside over a wedding ceremony, I always get together with a couple for a little premarital counseling. And part of that counseling is we get to walk through the actual wedding ceremony itself from start to finish. And typically I try to remind them to just relax and savor the moment, you see, because too often the bride, the groom, and others get so uptight about the choreography of the ceremony or saying the wrong thing at the wrong time that they make themselves miserable instead of joyful. There seems to be this kind of nervous belief that if things don't go perfect, then it's going to be a disaster. So what I try to do to make them feel a little bit at ease is to say to them that no matter what happens during the ceremony, Everybody that's attending, when all is said and done, are going to remember three things about that day. Was the groom on time? (laughs) How beautiful was the bride? And how much fun did we have at the reception, right? I mean, think back to some weddings that you have attended. 
I would almost guarantee that when you think back to that day, what you remember is one of those three things more than anything else. And I would further guarantee that maybe some of the more memorable weddings you've ever been to are so memorable because of the reception itself and all the fun that you had there. I mean, I even heard of people who have skipped the actual wedding ceremony itself <laughs> and have just gone straight to the reception. And maybe you fall into that category as well. Friends, in our story this morning, Jesus is telling us a parable about a wedding reception. But more importantly, he is telling us about those that got in and those that got left out. And in doing so, Jesus is giving us an idea of what it means to wait well, to be prepared, and why we should find joy, not fear, but joy in staying ready so that we don't have to get ready. In this parable of the ten bridesmaids, Jesus gives to us his end of days goal right at the very beginning because he tells us the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Now that should stand out to us for this reason. All of the other times that Jesus speaks about the kingdom of heaven in the gospel of Matthew, he uses present tense language. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed in Matthew 13, 31. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field in 13:44. The kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet cast into the sea in 13:47. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard in 20, verse 1. Every other time he uses present tense language. This time, though, Jesus is using future tense language. And by using this language, what he is telling us is that we're supposed to be looking forward and not just looking around, right? Looking forward and not just looking around. And like the parables that surround this one in chapters 24 and 25, this story is an invitation for us to examine our own preparedness for God's return. And even though Jesus hasn't left the earth yet at this point in Scripture, he's already pointing all of us to a new turning point in which we must anchor our existence, his return. The anchor for our present lives, friends, remains in the future. And so what does Jesus want us to know about this anchor point, the return of the Lord? Well, for starters, we don't know when it's going to occur. Second, we are meaningly, meaningfully involved in what happens. Just like these bridesmaids have been assigned a role in the wedding party to meet the bridegroom on his way to the bride's home, we have a role to play in welcoming Christ at his return, and it turns out that welcome is based upon what we keep ourselves engaged in while we wait. You see, friends, it isn't enough just to volunteer to be part of the welcome party, what we might call giving our hearts to Jesus and coming to a moment of conversion. No, we don't just make one choice, friends. We make many choices over and over about what it means that Jesus Christ will return. 
And we do this by living prepared lives, waiting for his coming again. Now, the foolish bridesmaids agreed to be part of the party, but they weren't committed to it, were they? They had enough for the short term, but not for the steady, long obedience that is sometimes asked of us. The wise bridesmaids, on the other hand, came prepared, and they brought enough supplies. They knew what they had signed up for, and if I may use a little stewardship language for the moment, they saw their pledges all the way through, didn't they? The foolish bridesmaids were converts. The wise bridesmaids were disciples. Preparedness, then, friends, is seen in how we choose to live according to God's whole design for humans and the earth. Setting or letting ourselves be satisfied simply by just saying Jesus is Lord. Friends, that's not the magical, secure the future kind of key we think it is. Those who truly believe, those who truly believe will seek to live as though it is already true by keeping their lamps burning. This is, after all, what Paul tells us in Romans 10.9. He doesn't just say that confessing Jesus as Lord is what saves us. He goes on to say it's also believing in your heart that God raised him from the dead that saves us. It's head and heart question for us this morning is, okay, well, do we believe it? And then do we live like we believe it? You see, the Christian tradition has always held belief and action together. We come to know Jesus, and in some mysterious way, we come to be known by God, acting on our faith as we go along. And whether that be through acts of inward devotion, like prayer and scripture meditation, or whether it be participating in public acts of worship, or through outward actions of loving and serving our neighbors, we must live according to the whole will of God, which encompasses both the inward and the outward. And by doing so, we, with our lives, shine the promise of Christ's return, becoming part of that event that we have anchored and staked our lives upon. Now, are we saved by faith alone? Absolutely. But friends, true faith is never alone. So there's no worry for us about being late to the party or missing our chance if we are taking the opportunities to live it that are constantly being presented to us. And I can't help but wonder if Jesus includes this little detail about all of the bridesmaids falling asleep to remind us that we can be diligent without being overwhelmed and overworked. Yes, friends, opportunities to serve are many, but what we have done is less about the tally of actual good things we performed and more about how we have tried to live as we waited. Sleeping on the clock is not necessarily a sin, it would seem. It may actually be an act of trust. Because the bridegroom is going to show when he shows. And if we're living as folks who know that to be true, then we'll have already shown through how we're living how prepared we are for him to return. And when we welcome him in, we'll have plenty of fuel by the Holy Spirit to keep our lamps lit when he returns. And so we wait. But friends, let us wait in hope and joy, not fear and despair. Now granted, 
There is a lot to fear in this parable if we let it. The bridegroom comes unexpectedly after everybody has fallen asleep. The foolish ones find themselves without oil. They find their fellow bridesmaids will not share theirs. They also find that even buying oil from the dealer is not sufficient. And when they come to the door and they say, Lord, Lord, open for us, the bridegroom says, I don't know you. And stark elimination from the kingdom is terrifying. But if we become preoccupied with the foolish bridesmaids, we're left to fearfully wonder whether or not we have enough oil. And then it becomes a matter of our works. Instead of looking at the bridesmaids, however, maybe we should look at the bridegroom. Seeing the bridegroom, we long for him, and by his grace, he prepares us for his coming. Now, one way to keep our eyes on Jesus is to contrast how Matthew opens his gospel and closes his gospel with visions of Jesus. I read about this in one of my commentaries, and I was fascinated by it. Because at both the beginning and the end of Matthew's gospel, we have a call for people to prepare to meet Jesus. But if you look at these two sections, you see a contrast between the figures of Jesus that we prepare to meet. At the beginning of the gospel, John the Baptist is in the wilderness, and he's preparing people for the return of Jesus. And how does he describe him? Well, this Jesus comes with an axe in his hand. He will take the trees that are not bearing good fruit and cut them down and throw them into the fire. This Jesus comes with a winnowing fork in his hand. He will clear the threshing floor and gather the wheat into the barn and burn the chaff with unquenchable fire. This Jesus, which John foresees, is a frightening figure. A figure of wrath, cutting down trees and burning chaff. And God or rather, John confronts his people with this frightening judgment of God in Jesus. But, at the end of Matthew's gospel, Jesus does something different. Like John, Jesus is preparing people for his second coming, but he uses a different image. He doesn't depict himself carrying an axe. He's not cutting down trees or carrying a winning, winnowing fork. He is not burning chaff with unquenchable fire. Instead, Jesus portrays himself as a bridegroom. Coming with unquenchable love. The bridegroom has been delayed, but he has not forgotten his bride. The bridegroom has been slow in coming, but his love has not declined. The bridegroom has steadfast love. And he will come with joy to gather his people into an eternal celebration in his kingdom. This is similar to what we talked about in our Bible study a few weeks ago. About what it means for us to know that our judge is also our savior. You ever thought about that? That our judge is also our savior? Friends, the law is a beautiful thing, and it does give us God's expectations for us. But if we keep our eyes on Jesus, if we stay on Jesus' hip, if we do what we can to live the kind of lives that he wants us to, then we don't need to be afraid of the law. Even when we slip up. Repent. Believe the good news. Our Savior has us covered. And so we wait, not in fear that we may not be good enough, but friends, in joy, knowing that clothed in Jesus' righteousness, God sees us as most certainly good enough. 
hearing this parable of the wise and foolish bridesmaids, we may be tempted to figure out which one we are. And to do that, we might look at our jars of oil. Do we have enough? Have we done enough, loved enough, cared enough, been faithful enough? And the more we focus on our oil, the less certain we are that the oil is sufficient. And the more we may start to fear that we are the foolish bridesmaids. But instead, Jesus this morning, friends, turns our attention to himself. Rather than ask what bridesmaid we are, Jesus invites us to see what a bridegroom he is. He is the bridegroom whose love will never grow weary, whose promise will always hold true. He loves us and is coming to meet us. And the more we look at the bridegroom, the more God assures us that his love is eternal and something to build our lives on. Now in the days to come, as we continue reading through the Gospel of Matthew, the disciples will discover the sufficiency of Jesus' love. Jesus is about to be betrayed by religious leaders and abandoned by his disciples. He's about to suffer crucifixion. He will bear upon his body the divine punishment for all sin for all time. Yet rising from the dead, he will reveal the power of God's love. God's love endures. God's grace is eternal. And Jesus will return to welcome you into his kingdom which has no end. So friends, if you find that the days are turning dark for you, and if discipleship makes you feel weary, lift your eyes to Jesus. Jesus loves you with a steadfast love. He has grace sufficient for this day. His love will triumph. Meditating on the love of Jesus, you maintain a relationship with him, and he promises to return and gather you to himself, welcoming you into his kingdom that has no end. And so we wait. In hope and joy, not in fear and despair. We wait, keeping our lamps lit as we live out what it means to love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength and our neighbors as ourselves. We wait, yes, but we wait in a state of joyful readiness. Because after all, friends, after all, if you stay ready, you don't have to what? Get ready. My friends, are you ready? In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Until next time, God bless. Take care.